The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Come on, Xavier, sing with me. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. No, I just got off work. Fuck you. (laughs) Yes, and we're finally, finally back. Welcome to the long-delayed, long-awaited, but not really awaited because no one fucking listens to these things, episode of Hello, Governor, the podcast. I'm Abdullah, and as always with me is... Xavier. Xavier. Hello. How are you folks doing? Been a long hiatus, but we're back. So, uh, what have you been up to, Xavier, throughout this long month-and-a-half hiatus? I have been working nonstop. I have been collaborating with people on doing their movies, and I've been writing. Oh, and talking to the girlfriend a whole lot. So, same old, same old. Really didn't miss much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, um, this is going to be, like, a really weird episode because, like, it's been so long and we just want to get back into the swing of things, so it's, like, what's not, you know, please excuse this for being a little unprofessional is because usually we usually have show notes and, but seeing as it's been, like, a month now, it's been, like, a month and a half now and really there's just so much stuff to keep up, keep track of. So we're just going to shoot the shit for like an hour and a half, maybe longer, because it's been so goddamn long. So I'm sorry if this episode is a little, you know, crazy and there won't be, I don't know, that. Word. <laughs> it's all good in the hood, bro. <sighs> Today yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I've been reading more about the recent um, Xbox thing, and I'm and I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard a rumor that um, the new Xbox is um, going to have the ability to. Once again, this is a rumor, guys. Like I don't don't quote me on this, but like the new Xbox is going to have the ability to lock out um, used games. So I don't know if this is true or not, and if this is really true, then fuck you, Microsoft, because this is just. Wow, you're really going to do this. If you're really going to do this, then this is just the biggest piece of shit I've ever heard. And I swear to God, like, if you're really going to do this, then you are just basically forcing, not telling, but, like, forcing people to buy new. Like, you're basically trying to eliminate the the, uh, option of buying used. Also, you're kind of, in your own words, forcing... Not telling, but forcing people to get a Steam box. <laughs> no, I might as well just get a Steam box, because you know what? Like, fucking Steam is great. It's it's one of those things where I, I hate to admit it, like, because I'm a console guy, but then I look at the prices on Steam, and I'm like, wait a minute, they're charging this much money for a new game. Mm-hmm. And I'm ba- I'm paying full price for console versions of the same game. You know, I I kind of feel ripped off. You know. <laughs> oh, it is. It's a huge fucking rip off. I mean, Microsoft, for one thing, doesn't need to force people to buy new games. They're not a company that's hurting for fucking profit, especially when they're putting out a new console. So this is just bottom of the barrel tactics. It's a big fuck you to the people who bought their consoles forever. This is just as low as they can possibly go without digging themselves any further. Yeah, especially like with them saying, oh, it's always going to be online. And here's a little story, guys. Um, yesterday, we were supposed to record this episode yesterday, but Xavier's internet kind of went off. And I thought to myself... Okay, so you you want this console to always be online, yet there comes a time where I know in the U.S. Uh, cable companies are very stingy when it comes to uh, the bills and and, and they're all also that. prone to fuck up like they did to me. Yes, because <laughs> like I I waited for you yesterday for like an hour, and I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Shit. Fuck. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm so sorry. Like, I got home as soon as I could. I hopped online, and I got on Skype, and then I noticed when I said sign into Skype, the little, like, Skype green box, 
was just a spinning gray wheel. I'm like, that's not good. And then I figured it was because, like, there was the power company down the street, like, fucking with the telephone poles. And I was like, that must be it. They need to leave. But they weren't leaving. They've been there since uh, before I got home from work because I work very early in the morning. And I get home around 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right? And then I was like, well, fuck. I don't know how long they're going to be there. So I might as well go run an errand. So took a carpet over to tried the Internet again. Still wasn't working. Tried the phone. The phone was fucking dead. Had to go down to the company, like the service provider, and go, what's the big deal? And apparently there's a glitch. This has happened before in a timely fashion, like incremental. Like you could time it to the day it happened last time. They keep turning off the Internet even though the bill is paid. Wow. That's kind of bullshit. Like, they have to turn off the internet when the bill is paid. Like, I understand, like, turning... Like, I understand turning off the internet if, like, someone didn't pay the bills, but... No. Turning off the the internet when you've paid your fucking bills, wow, that's really just... Not only was the bill paid, but paid a week in advance. And they're like, well, you paid in advance, time to shut it off. Wow. In advance. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus Christ, man. How do you deal with these fuckers? Uh, I screamed and yelled really loud. <laughs> yes, that's it. I took the rage. I took the rage route. <laughs> it's like, you're out of order, and you're out of order. This candy machine is out of order. And I'm about to fucking lose my order. <laughs> anyway, oh enough about my life. <laughs> Well, I like I, shit. Um, like I, I, I haven't like been doing that much, uh, either. Like I'm really busy with college. I got like tons of shit to do there, and really there, there hasn't been a lot that you that you've missed. But I've been you know playing video games to pass the time, and I don't know. I mean, it's just like same old, same old. Like there's nothing really that fascinating about me that much, you know. To, to, to really talk about I really don't talk about my life that much because you know it's fucking boring and I don't know that's it's just that's what it is but I will say this I I have been really liking some new video games that came out so the people who keep telling me oh you don't like anything well here's your here's the part where I say suck it because there have been stuff that came out recently that I have absolutely uh, that I've absolutely liked, and that um, one of them is Injustice. I really like that game. I thought it was really good. I, you know, could be better, but you know what? It's it's much better than any fucking Marvel, fi- um, any Capcom fighting game that came out recently. Because, you know, hey, fuck Capcom. It's like, oh, you know, another fucking Street Fighter Four patch. Yeah, that's what we fucking need, right? Another fucking Street Fighter 4 patch. Well, you know, at least NetherRealm gave us something new as opposed to just like another Mortal Kombat. And I'm and I and I love it. You know, it's a great it's a great game. Could be better, but you know what? At least it doesn't play like Mortal Kombat with DC characters because it doesn't. I mean, it's an entirely new engine, entirely new physics, entirely new game, and I really like this game. I think it's really good. Another game I really like, Poker Night of the Inventory 2. Um, yes, it's just a poker game, but you know what? I love it because Telltale knows how to make good games. You know, they, they're one of those companies that um, they, they really know how to put in a lot of dialogue and they know how to make the dialogue really funny. And I just, come on, man, it's, it's Brock Sampson and Ash playing fucking poker. Like, what, what more do you want? I mean, it's just... You know, you got Sam from Sam and Max, um, GLaDOS, Claptrap, and the dialogue. I think what really carries this game, it's like, yeah, it's a poker game. Like, it's just a fucking poker game, but what really carries this game is the dialogue. I mean, the dialogue is funny, it's smart, it's well-written. I mean, people who wrote this really knew the characters, they were really familiar with the characters, and if you're a fan of either one of these games, or... You know, if you're a Venture Brothers fan like I am, you would get you would get some of the references that they do. And and uh, one of the cool things is is that um, 
you unlock bounties, and with each of these, which with each of these bounties, you unlock like stuff for Team Fortress 2, uh, Borderlands 2, and um, uh, what was it like themes or stuff for the avatar if you're on the 360. And I thought that was really cool because that's that's really cool. Like more games should do that. More games should have like unlockables for other games and. And one of the cool one of the cool things is like each of the bounties is like something special from from that character and you play for it. Like Sam, it's his banjo. Um, with Ash, it's the Necronomicon. And uh, with Claptrap, it's the Video Game of the Year award. And my personal favorite, Brock Samson, it's the orb from Venture Brothers. I'm like, oh my god, it's the fucking orb! <laughs> it's just, <laughs> god, yes, yes. Just and the dialogue is so well written. I love this game. Yes, it's glitchy. Yes, there are tons of glitchy glitches. Yes, it's just a fucking poker game. But you know what? I love this game. I don't care what anyone says. It's funny. It's well done. So to anyone who says I don't like anything, well, fuck you then, because I like this. <laughs> I just been playing Bioshock. Oh, and. Um, I'm about to uh, boot up uh, Blood Dragon, so I'm really excited for that. I'm from, but from what I've seen of Blood Dragon, holy fucking shit, this is the greatest video game of all time, I would say. I mean, come on, just like 80s references, neon lights, fucking enemies that look like cobra bats. Come on, it's just brilliant. Oh, the, the opening theme is also uh, an homage to Terminator 2, or just Terminator Oh, I mean, the fucking opening, it's you uh, gunning down people with a machine gun with um, Little Richard's long tall Sally playing in the background, just like Predator, and I'm like, oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, Childs of the 80s worked on this game. Yeah, they did, and there's the Predator, you know, uh, handshake thing, mm-hmm. you see that? There's, um, god, there's so many fucking references. Um, your friend is like... Oh my god, you're a robot? <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to take the serum, because winners don't do drugs. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and like, your friend, like, a little spoiler, but, you know, who cares, but your friend gets captured, and how does he die? The villain, get, you know, lifts him up and breaks his back like Bane with Batman. I'm like, yes! <laughs> Great reference there just an awesome awesome game and i can't really wait to play it you know I, I you know this is what you know downloadable titles should be and i'm really happy to see that ubisoft is taking like engines like the far cry 3 engine and just retooling it and making an entirely different game i mean for fuck's sake the, the barely animated cutscenes. That's a reference to ninja gaiden the original ninja gaiden on the nes and i'm like wow that's really a great reference there. I mean, it's just, oh my god, it's, it's, you know, this is what a downloadable game should be, and I hope to god more people follow suit with this, and, and like, take already existing game engines and just retooling them to make a different a game. Well, I'm not going to have, like, the disc space in a couple of weeks to download the game, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wait for the content to be released as a standalone disc. Oh, I hope so. I really hope this this gets released as a standalone disc because, like, if ever there was, you know, I'm not usually a fan of the whole Game of the Year edition bullshit, but if ever there was a game a disc release, it's this one. Yeah, you need to play this because this is like you're missing out if you're not playing this. Well, they did it for Red Dead Redemption. I remember when they did the zombie pack. They were like, "Hey, twenty bucks, and you can play the just the standalone disc." And I was like, "That's cool." You know, and I picked it up and I played it, and I loved it. It was the exact same game and everything, and man, it was deep and intricate for for being just like you know DLC on a disc and everything. But oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, going to going to um, Red Dead Undead, um, another another game I really like, Red Dead Redemption, and what I like about Undead Nightmare is that it it takes the tone of the original Red Dead Redemption and just like makes it into a horror movie, mm-hmm. and enough, it doesn't lose its charm. It's still a very serious story, but with zombies, and yeah. it never feels out of place. It it never does. And yes, I know there's the unicorns, but still, <laughs> it was just weird. 
<laughs> yeah, a little a little GTA style humor, but that's to be expected. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was the exact same the exact same game. The map was huge and sprawling. All the towns and locales were there. Everything was the same. It was a lot, of, was a lot harder than the normal game because you had to shoot them in the head and the, t- the my one of my, pro- my problems with Red Dead was the targeting system. The targeting system was a piece of crap. Yeah, but wasn't. actually, like, some of the weapons they gave you, those were awesome. Like, some of the tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I fucking love that Springfield rifle. That's one-hit kill. <laughs> well, the, uh, the the weapon they called that you had to assemble called the Blunderbuss, that was awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, mate, it was a gun literally made from the the parts of the undead. And it was- oh, <laughs> forgot about that. Because I haven't played Red Dead in, like, God, uh, three years now, so I don't... Oh, I know, know yeah. The- it's going on, like, two years for me, too, but so fun. I, I loved every minute of it. I really should go back and, like, 100% it, because I never did kill the Chupacabra. Oh, yeah, the fucking Chupacabra. Shit, man. Like, I'm tempted to just pick up the Game of the Year edition, because I know that has the original game and the zombie one uh-huh. on disc, so... It's it's one, but... Here's my question. Um, interesting little discussion here. Um, has there ever been a game you liked so much that you wanted to go back and play it again? Well, there've been tons of games like that. I mean, what console? Any console. Uh, like Nintendo, I did it all the time. Well, you had to all the time because there was no save feature. But I did it all the time on games like you know Mario or Zelda, uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Actually, funny enough. That was a game I played to death. Uh, Super Nintendo, uh, Breath of Fire. I would pick that game up, the original Breath of Fire. I'd pick it up, I'd play it for a bit, I'd set it down, and then just like one day, I realized I hadn't beaten the game, so I did it. I just sat my ass down, I played the game all the way through until I beat it again. Did that with Legend of Zelda again for the uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, GameCube, I really didn't play as much. So I got onto the PS2. I was doing that a whole lot with PS2 titles. Like, I loved Okami. That was one of the first games I remember. Like, Capcom put in that thing where they're like, can you beat the game under a certain time? You get the very special reward. And even in the strategy guide, because I didn't have, like, internet access back then, they said there's a special reward for beating the game under the time. And I never found out what it was, and they never mentioned it in the strategy guides. But it was something like, you know, internet connection will allow you to go to the Capcom website and post your score. And something would download, I believe. Something like that. Something crazy. Uh, fucking PS3. The one system I have right now currently. I would say definitely like mm, Ratchet and Clank games. Go back. 100% them. And then oh, I also did that actually uh, with Lollipop Chainsaw because that was actually one of the easiest games to get all the trophies on. I was like, oh, this game... It has a decrepit sense of humor. It is disgusting, but the fighting is fun. And getting the trophies was actually pretty easy to do, so I love doing that one. And that's pretty much the one game right now. Um, yeah, I'm trying to do Assassin's Creed 3 still, because I put it away for a long time. And I think the next one will probably be the one I'll go back to playing a lot, just because I'm a fan of the character, is the Deadpool game that's coming out for PS3 eventually. With, with that, with the Deadpool game, like what's weird is like they showed us a lot of footage, you know, cutscenes and stuff, but they never explained what the fucking game is, you know. Yeah. So I'm kind of worried about that. I'm like, eh, I'll take my risk know? though because it's from High Moon Studios and they did all the uh, the Transformer games that recently came out. Follow Cybertron, War for Cybertron. Yeah, but they also did the Born uh, the Born movie tie-in game. Well, tie-in so. games. As a as a general rule, always suck. You're never gonna find an exemption unless you talk about which is which, which is a shame because like the Born game, like I've seen footage of it, and the combat and the driving sections were actually pretty well done. Yeah, like well, the combat section where you're beating the guy up in the bathroom. It's like Jesus Christ, this is really well done. <laughs> the the only games I can recall and I can count on one hand that have been really good tie-in games for movies have been like Star Wars Pod Racer for the N64. And the original GoldenEye. And that's it. Those are the only two really good movie tie-in games I can think of. I was so, like, looking forward to games like the Ma- Enter the Matrix, which was supposed to be... Oh, my fucking God, I remember that. That yeah. was a piece of shit. The story, 
the story was all over the place, and the combat froze on me all the time. But, you know, there was fun sections to it, and it was awesome to see, like, new footage from the movies that were still coming out at the time in the game. You know, that was really cool. That was really inventive, and it was really awesome to see, like, the strategy guides even had a layer of depth to them, too, because they had hidden codes in them. You know, and the games were fun because they allowed you to hack your PS2, get access to a couple of different things, all that fun jazz. But, you know, just the way they went about it was so complicated. It was, like, unnecessary. and Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember there was a fucking driving section, and you had to chase the chase an airplane, and at, the controls were just shit. They were just shit. They did not work. And you had to, like, time it really well, because, like, if you hit, like, one thing, you just stop. And you were on, there was a time limit, and you're like, shit, this is, this, is not, this is not very good. Well, I had problems because the game would freeze when you did replays. Like, I tried to replay that game on a harder difficulty, and when I tried to do, like, I fucking think it was like, there's an airplane level or an air hangar level, like, one-third of the way through the game, right? You get to play as Niobe, and I would do this crazy dive off the top tier of, a, of an air hangar, shooting the guns, and I'd freeze. And it would just lock like that. And they didn't play test the game before they released it. <laughs> God. I remember they did another one. I don't know if you remember this one, but they did Matrix Path of Neo. I did. I never bothered to pick it up. Yeah, I played it, and it was weird. It, was, it wasn't It was bad, but it wasn't good. You know, it was just one of those games that's just like, meh, whatever, you know. It, it was really good at first, but then the more we played it, the more we were like, yeah, this is just complete and utter shit. You know? It's like, it loses its its appeal quick, you know? And yes, I did buy, I did play the new Star Trek game, and I regret everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Is that I the cannot- one... Is that the one where Kirk can't help but bump his head against the wall every time you try to, like, go further than the uh, the elevator shaft? Oh, my God. It's just so bad. Like, you start the game and you're just walking around and the camera is just, wow. Camera is bad. Spock just keeps running around during combat. I'm trying to shoot the fucking Gorn and I'm like, Spock, help me out. And he's just, like, running around doing fuck all. And I'm like, where the fuck are you, Spock? And I'm like... I was fighting these guys, I killed everyone, and I'm like, where the fuck are you, Spock? And I, I tell him to come here, and, oh, look, he was stuck in another fucking room the whole goddamn time, and I'm like, gah! <laughs> game was fucking awful. Just awful. And you, and and you plunked down money that, for it? I bought it used, but still, I still <laughs> feel cheated. <laughs> Should have pirate that, that shit. No, no, what's what's sad is that, like, this is made by Bandai, so it wasn't like someone who who didn't know what they were doing. This is made by fucking Bandai, mm-hmm. you know, and with Bandai, you kind of expect, Bandai Namco, you kind of expect something a little better, because they did make the Tekken games, and, you know, right. you, you, you kind of expect a little more high-quality stuff from them, but nope. I guess it's true. It's like any company, doesn't matter which studio, any company that makes a fucking movie tie-in game, it's automatically going to be shit, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well. And yes, and yes, I did play the fucking Iron Man 2, the video game. Ha-ha! <laughs> Flying <So>. missions! <laughs> oh, God, that part with War Machine where you have to fight that fucking giant thing took me forever and I'm like what am I doing what am I supposed to do god damn it tell me what you don't have a lot of god it was just awful fucking awful broken broken speaking of which I saw Iron Man 3 that's it (laughs) just So yeah, I saw Iron Man three. It's like, and <laughs> I wasn't. You know, I'm I'm one of the few. I'm in the minority here, but I was actually a fan of Iron Man two. Like I thought one was good, 
I thought two was great, actually. I thought, man, they really upped their game. They did a lot here. And I wasn't one of those guys that was upset about what they did to, you know, the movie. I thought, well, some of this is necessary because they got to keep, you know, the story moving, introduce new characters, yada, yada. So when everyone was like, uh, I fucking hate that movie, I was like, I'm not one of those guys. I actually like the movie. But when 3 came out, I was just like, I'm giving it a chance. I'm not a whole fan of take the character out of their element for so many hours and force them into a new situation. And I'm not a fan of things like, oh, this is the end of the trilogy, too. Like, I understand that trilogies are the ways to go, and you don't want to keep continuing the series if the actor is not interested. But I thought 3 just did a lot of things wrong. I was not really impressed by the way they did the... Oh, thank soldiers. God. Thank I hate, God. I hate Cause, it. Because uh, I, I gotten into a lot of arguments with people about, about this movie. I'm like, no, this is not a good movie. This is probably the weakest out of the three. And um, I, would have to, I would have to agree on some level. There was, there was good. But the things that really hurt it, I think, were like, well, you have, um, you have the Mandarin, not really the Mandarin. That pissed me off, number one, top of the list. Spoiler, oh, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that that really pissed me off. I'm like, you, I mean, first of all, it's, it, you could have done the Ten Rings. You could have just said it was alien. You could have just said it was alien technology. And you didn't could, have to be magical. You could have gotten away with it, too, because you've introduced those elements to Tony Stark's universe. It's not, you know, granted, the, you know, the Iron Man universe is more about, like, technology, but you've introduced them to things like gods of thunder and aliens from another dimension. It's pretty safe to assume. Not only that, but he's mentioning the Avengers. So it's safe to assume there's a connection there where you can bring in those elements. And it's okay. It's not going to hurt your movie. No, I mean, it just, it's like, no, I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where, Okay, I don't mind you changing stuff from the character, but the core of the character, the, the personality, the traits, they have to be there. And with the Mandarin, it wasn't. The Mandarin, it was just a fucking piss take, if anything. It was, uh, to waste Ben Kingsley like that also pissed me off real bad. I was like, Ben Kingsley is playing some sort of like Middle Eastern terrorist, but he's an actor. And not only that, but he's like some actor that wasn't good enough for Broadway, so you think he's good enough for a terrorist organization? Yeah, and if he was an actor the whole time, why the fuck didn't need bodyguards? I don't for image, I guess, I don't know, but stuff like that and then it was like the extremist soldiers too, um that was a major departure. Like it was mostly in the comics, Adriac Killian was enough to take out Tony Stark. But his firepower that they kept saying, you know, it's like, oh, the body heats up to incredible temperatures, so on and so forth. That was, like, majorly downplayed in the comics where it's like, well, he breathes fire. Like, he's mostly invulnerable, runs super fast, super strong, and, you know, he can shoot fire from his mouth. And then in the, in the movie, they're like, oh, you know, these guys run super hot, and they run too hot, and they blow up. And I'm like, that's not really the extremist character. Like, those... Those dudes are basically super soldiers, and you're giving me like molten men. I don't think that was a good decision. And then yeah, the I'm not. I'm not, I wasn't really familiar with the extremists, but even then, I thought that was really fucking stupid because, like, once you bring in, once you bring in like other fucking characters, it's always something with the Iron Man movies, isn't it? It's like in the first movie was a giant guy in a mech suit, and the second movie was an army of mecha guys in in suits, and then the third one it was the molten men <laughs> well the first movie it was like okay i get it they're uh they're trying to copy this amazing technology tony belt great whatever it makes sense second movie it's like well we can't steal the technology so we have someone who's just as good but he has you know problems he's quote unquote the villain he's gonna do it his way okay i understand that however in the third movie where it's like yeah these extremist soldiers run super hot and not only that, but some of them can, like, be super strong, super fast. That's kind of like the characters from the comics, but not really, because they changed it so much where it's like, yeah, the, the thing that makes them special is that they're really hot and they blow up. And I was like, no, 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 no. In the comics, it was much better because these dudes were a whole bunch of things. So really, all you really needed was Guy Pierce. You didn't need all these fucking soldiers. It's a... It's a 
it's relatable to how when Mr. Smith in the Matrix sequels suddenly started duplicating himself all the time, I was like, that is like pussifying your villain so much because now it doesn't matter how yeah. copies you have, they're all going to get beat up and they're all the same person. Yeah, that, that was my problem with you know the Matrix movies, like you know taking a really interesting character like you know Agent Smith in the first movie and just making him like this fucking mustache twirling dumbass who's just like Mr. Anderson. You know? Well, that was that was my whole beef with like you know the extremist soldiers, and then you know that's what I'm saying. It's like okay, one was enough in the comics, and uh, Warren Ellis who wrote it showed it very well. Like this dude is the 21st century super soldier. They can't replicate the so- the serum that created Captain America. So what they're going to do is they're going to make just a better version. So it's like we don't want you know someone who's just super strong. We want someone who is literally a living weapon, and anything he can think of, his body will react and do. So like literally, his his hands had nails popping out of the skin, not his fingernails, mind you. Like metal nails would burst out of the tips of his fingers, kind of like a miniature Wolverine. And they, that would be able to pierce Iron Man's armor and shock him like a taser. The dude was able to scream really loud like a subsonic weapon. He could breathe fire. He, I think he shot lasers at one point. I'm not... I have to go back and read. But the dude was literally a living, adaptable weapon. Incredibly threatening. And what did they do in this one? So, basically, he was Deadpool in the fucking X-Men Wolverine movie. Pretty much. But more respectable. More respectable is the key word here. Oh, I'm sad you're telling me this because I'm like, yeah, this actually sounds interesting because, like, that makes sense. You're putting, like, all this stuff in you and you're like, you know, no one can beat me because everyone, every time someone can beat me, I can just pull out something, pull out a, a greater power and just, you know, hurt them, mm-hmm. you know? And That's that makes sense, but with... But with Adrian kill Adrian in the movie, I'm like, oh gee, another fucking white guy in a business suit. The God business damn. that was just terrible. What, no, what really pissed me off was they introduced them as the limping nerd with long hair and a lisp. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh God, I forgot about that. Not only that, but he's like, I I built a company called AIM, and I was like, oh, he's wearing an AIM T-shirt. How come the AIM t-shirt isn't yellow with black type? Because that's what... Oh, I- yes! Thank you, uh, Shane Black, for totally missing the point of AIM. <laughs> totally missing the point. I I was pissed. I was like, oh, he's wearing an AIM shirt. At least it, the AIM shirt should be yellow and the type on it should be black. You know, kind of like the AIM soldiers were. They wore the yellow and black beekeeper suits, quote-unquote beekeeper suits. These dudes didn't have anything fucking like that. It's like, oh, oh, why are you evil? Oh, yeah, no, Tony snubbed me at one point, and I'm like, really? That's your fucking motivation? Christ! Yeah. And it really pisses me off. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the Mandarin. He's like, yeah, I, I, w- I went through all this trouble of creating this character, having this guy play him, and just... Why? Why couldn't you just go up to Tony Stark and just, like, yeah... You know, I'm I'm the one behind it. And then my problem with it is, like, he's written as a kid... Like, everything about Adrian in the movies, like, it's written like he's the bad guy. The way he acts, the way he smirks. It's like, if in order for a twist like this to work, you need to have the, the bad guy be someone, like, you never expect to be the main bad guy. It's like, oh, shit, you know, he's the one behind it all, you know? It's like... It doesn't... <clears throat> work, you know, it doesn't fucking work when when Adrian acts like a total douchebag and you're like bad guy, villain, you know that didn't bother me so much, I was like well as long as they get the powers right, which is what Extremis was all about, being the 21st version of a super soldier an actual living weapon, I was like great, that'll be awesome to see and then he kinda had that I mean he breathed the fire, he had the awesome strength that could cut through suits, I was like that's actually pretty cool to see like, him literally chopping suits in half, I was like, that's pretty cool. But having none of the other powers, I was like, this does not work. Because, like, it, you really can just do any bad guy whatsoever from Iron Man, and they can do the exact same thing. But the thing that made Adriac Killian so memorable 
was the fact that he was um, well in the comics it was so much better. And I hate to go keep going back to that, but it was. It seriously was because he got injected in the back of the head, right? And they rewrote in the comics they say they rewrote the the repair center of the brain that holds a blueprint of what the human body is supposed to be. And when you get hurt, the body refers to that blueprint in your brain on how to repair it. So extremists rewrites the blueprint and says, hey, the entire human body is wrong. It's supposed to be this, and then gives a design for a super soldier. So what happened in the comics was that the dude got blasted, he's puking out his guts, and his whole body becomes this giant scab because his whole body is starting to be rewritten as according to the new extremist blueprint. And at the end of it, he's merciless, he's not funny, he's a racist, jingoist redneck, and he uses his powers for absolute evil. And that's the whole thing. He's, you know, he may be like an, a bad guy, and he may be way, way over the top, but the thing is, he's a threat. And he's a really good threat because he's like, I don't like anything that's not American, good old American, white, red-wing Christian. So... That pretty much set it up as like, this dude's going to do anything he wants, and you can't stop him because look what he's doing. He's building entire burning, uh, buildings down by himself. Bullets are bouncing off him. He's ripping the heads off schoolgirls who believe you know, America is you know, this Nazi con- giant concentration camp. He will do whatever he wants. And that was a really great bad guy. In the movie, we got, oh, I run AIM, and I want you to be a part of my company. <laughs> oh, not to mention at the end where he kidnaps the prison and it's like, yeah, I'm doing this because you fat cats and what the you're always fuck are you, the president? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> I couldn't believe that twist. Oh, they're gonna drop the president into a taker of crude oil, and I'm like, and that's how you open the movie, not close it. <laughs> I I seriously at that part I seriously expected Cobra Commander to show up and is like yeah thanks Killian I'll Fuck take it, it from here oh, Cobra Commander would have been so much better <laughs> so yeah I'll take it from here buddy you just go home look when you I don't I don't care what anyone says about you know uh fucking Iron Man two with Whiplash being you know not a great bad guy not that well developed he's still no I loved him I loved Whiplash in in in, in Iron Man two because. He gets caught, but he's laughing. And you want to know why? Because he knows that he made a god bleed. Well, no, the thing... He knows that he hurt him. The thing I really liked about him was he was a guy that was so well prepared ahead. Even getting arrested and getting beat up and almost killed was part of his plan. It was like, this is a dude that thinks ten steps ahead. This guy is cerebral. He knows what he's fucking doing. That's a good bad guy. I don't want a fucking I don't want another fucking businessman who's just like, yeah, I want your company to merge with mine and we'll produce mass weapons and oh by the way, I'm actually the mastermind behind the Mandarin. I'm the Mandarin. You know nope. Guy Pierce, great acting, I'll give you that. You played it up really well. Uh I don't need another fucking slimy businessman. And that's what pisses me off like going back to the Mandarins, like why couldn't you have hired an Asian actor? Why couldn't you have hired an Asian dude? Shows up as a as a business rival. Yeah, it's going to be another businessman, but at the end of the day, he's like, yeah, I have these ten rings, and I found them in an alien crash, and, I used, and I'll use them to, you know, take over your company, take over everything you own, and there's nothing you can do to stop me because it's alien technology, and you're not familiar with alien technology to stop me. That was just something I was waiting to see because they kept, you know, referring to his panic attacks, and then he gets over his panic attacks, and I'm like... Why, why was that in the movie? He just forgets about them. He's just like... <laughs> oh, yes! It's like, panic attack. Oh, nope. Sorry. He has panic attacks, and then the kid says, you know, you're an inventor. Build something. He's like, oh, you're right. I will build something. I was like, okay. Nothing about a panic attack after that. And I was just like, that could have worked so fucking well in the movie if you're introducing the Mandarin, the guy who literally has magical alien rings. And Tony has yeah. to fight him, right? So what happens? Yeah. Iron Man starts having panic attacks. He's like, oh, God, I'm facing a dude with alien, giant, powerful rings. Start having panic attacks then, right in the middle of a battle. That would be very dramatic. I would I, love I know, to they see that. Like, and again, like, they couldn't have made this phase two with being by saying, oh, the, the rings, they're one of Od- Odin's treasures. 
They could have if they just yeah. left it, if they just left it blank. I like your explanation, but if they just left it blank and said, you know what, Iron Man, I see you can't handle the fact you don't understand what my rings are. Uh, I'm just going to keep hammering with hammering at you with them, and I don't care. I'm not going to be the typical bad guy and just rant and rave. I'm just going to kill you with them. That yeah. would that would have worked great. You know, the Mandarin could have played it up a bit. You know, you've you've faced gods, you've worked with gods, you've you've fought aliens from another dimension. Take your pick and guess what these rings are. I'm not going to tell you, so that's half the fun. Something like that. I mean, that that's the thing I like about the Mandarin. It's like, yes, he may not be the main villain in like any major story arc in Iron Man, but he is the main villain because he represents what Tony Stark isn't. He's someone who believes in magic. He's someone who magic rules everything in his life. Whereas Tony Stark believes in technology. He doesn't like magic. He doesn't fucking believe in magic. He's one of those guys who's like, ah, no, fuck magic. Technology is the way to go. And that was ma- that was, that's what makes him a perfect coil because, like, you know, ma- Tony's dealing with stuff that he doesn't understand. Well, Tony like, can literally magic. build the stuff he understands. It's like, I understand perfectly how this works. You know, piece A goes into tap B, it creates energy C, and that powers device D, so on and so forth. He understands machines very well. That's his magic. He can't understand how a bolt of lightning flies out from a ring. That that just messes with his program. So, yeah, if that was the villain, it would have been great, incredible, because you've been building up Mandarin since movie one. Like, the eagle-eyed have seen the references to Mandarin through the Ten Rings... The, uh, the, the, the literally ring-twirling villain who held him yeah, it's like, it's the it's like, yeah, nice ring. It's like, no, you know, the, you know this ring is just from someone, uh, you know, I wear the ring of, you know, someone or whatever. I don't remember the line correctly, but it was hinting at the Mandarin. It know? was hinting at the It was the... one of his rings, for God's sakes. I just couldn't take it. I was just like, you did what to the fucking Mandarin? I was so looking forward to Ben Kingsley being a badass. Beard and all. I didn't understand that I didn't understand what the poster was with the glasses the whole time. You know, like the poster when you go to the movie theater and you see Iron Man crouched down on one knee, fist pumped. <laughs> yeah. Armor's flying out through the water, and in the top right corner of that poster, there's the Mandarin leaning on his hand with a pair of sunglasses. The magic of Photoshop. I did not know that was a betrayal until I sat my ass down in that seat and was an hour and a half in. <laughs> That's like, fuck you! I almost screamed it. Like, literally, one of those, like, gripping the seats, rage shaking so hard. Fuck you! Like, kind of moments. That was it. And that's what's that's what sad. It's like, yeah, Guy Pierce, good actor, but Ben Kingsley's better. He played fucking Gandhi, for God's sakes. He did. Gandhi. He did. That was a great movie. <laughs> it's like Ben Kingsley, yeah, fuck that guy. You know, he's no Guy Pierce, apparently. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I couldn't take it. The Mandarin, the, the whole goddamn Mandarin thing, that just sank the movie for me. And after that, I was like, you can't get any worse, really. So when they did the, you know, the end is like, you know what, Operation Clean Slate. And he's blowing up the armors, and he's like, this is the end of Iron Man. I was like, nope, I don't care, because I don't believe it. Nope, uh-uh, no. No, he'll be back for Avengers 2. Don't, he will don't be back for Avengers 2. Shit. <laughs> don't give me that bullshit about, yeah, and Iron Man, nope, you already signed a deal, Robert. We already know you signed a deal to do two more Avengers movies, for God's sakes. I think just one. I only heard one. <laughs> but no more Iron Man. Yeah, we already you already signed a deal to do another Avengers movie. So fuck you. <laughs> like you know, I didn't get it because I was reading something about Avengers two, and it mentioned Iron Man, and it said, so you know, what are your plans for uh, Tony Stark and Iron Man or Tony Stark's Iron Man and Avengers two? And he's just like, well, I don't know anything about that, but seeing how, you know, Robert's gung-ho for doing another Avengers, Tony Stark will definitely be back in my sequel. I was like, okay, cool. I did not know they were going to try to do this as, this is the end of an era type of thing, where there's like, this trilogy ends the Tony Stark character with the arc reactor in his chest. Oh, yeah, don't remember me of that bullshit. It's like, yep. <laughs> yep. He's cured. Yep. Oh. He's not fucking cured. I mean, Don Cheadle flew around in the Iron Patriot without any arc reactors in his chest. You tell me Tony Stark can't do the same? 
That's another thing that pissed me off. It's like, oh, so everyone can fit into an, arm, an Iron Man suit now. Pepper, Pepper does, and I'm like, hmm. Well, I imagine that things are very adjustable. I mean, that's, that's one thing I, I do actually give them credit for. It was one of those things, not very well explained how they got into the armors, but like in the, in the second, or actually in the first movie, when they show the gantry, uh, putting the pieces on them and everything, and it's like, it's it fits, but they have to tighten it here. I was like, okay, that shows, like, you know, things have to be done to make it fit correctly. And then the second movie, when he was just kind of wearing it, I was just like, well, they are kind of the same size. It's a bit of a stretch, but I believe it. You know, and in the third movie, when Pepper wore the armor, I didn't really, you know, figure too much about it because he actually is smaller than Robert Downey. So I was like, oh, that kind of works. You know, she can act easily fit in the armor, but I imagine while she's rattling around in there, the sound it makes is like, click along, click along, click along. <laughs> And also, I'm not a big fan of uh, Rhodey being Iron Patriot. I'm like, what the Iron Patriot wasn't that good in the comics. Yeah, because all I can think about is like, God damn it, stop reminding me of Civil War. Just stop. Stop. It was, for those not in the know, like, after... Tell them. Yeah, tell them. After Civil War, which was the huge comic event for Marvel back in 2006, where it was hero versus hero who would register themselves as a hero, so that way those who registered themselves as a hero would be forced to show their identity in public and be registered with the government. The heroes literally had a schism where it was like some said it was a good idea, some said it wasn't, because if they revealed their identity, some of them would be in danger. And a lot of them said, all right, we're going to register. And only a few said, no, I'm not going to register. So they became the rebels. And basically what ended up happening was is Tony Stark became the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. After the whole thing was said and done because the bad guys won. Quote, unquote, bad guys. The guys who wanted to register. So, after that whole shebang went belly up real quick, like six months into it, I think. That storyline lasted no longer than oh. <laughs> And then Secret Invasion happened, which was even dumber. Well, what happened was, was like, okay, Tony Stark sent out who is the right person to round up the, all the heroes. Oh, I know. Norman Osborn, the guy who runs Oscorp, who at this point, I shit you not, is known to be the Green Goblin. It's like, wait, you're putting the Green Goblin in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., the, the police-keeping task force of the world? Yeah, you got a problem with that? Oh, God. I remember the logic was, no, no, he saved the world. Yeah, by shooting the fucking Skrull, Skrull, Skrull Queen. Queen. Yeah. Randomly. I truly do not believe that he did that intentionally. He just shot it randomly. <laughs> they, they played it up. It was like, no, he totally knows it's her. Like, you know, he they totally know. He totally knows it's the scroll queen. Yeah, sorry, so, Lex Luthor, you are not Mr. Osborne. So it's like, okay, he took over for Tony Stark as leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. And when he did that, he's like, the first No, thing, it became Hammer. Get it? <laughs> Fuck you. It became hammered. But the first thing he did was like, okay, I'm going to need to confiscate all your armors, Tony Stark. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, you can't do the job. I, you know, so we need all the equipment you had at your disposal. It is now for the use of hammer. And he got, he got, you know, told, you know, fuck off. You're not going to get my toys. But he ended up breaking into Tony Stark's secure vault anyway, confiscated an armor. And to appear more friendly to the public... He painted them up, he painted one armor up, red, white, and blue, and called himself, wait for it, Iron Patriot. So, who wrote that story? Brian Michael Bendis. Who helped write Iron Man 3? Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> well, I like Bendis. I mean, some of his stuff is really good, but... Most of the time, it's just it makes me wonder what the fuck are you on when you're writing this. He actually has, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, he used to be hot all the time, like on fire with everything he wrote. But recently, it's just like you know, dude, some of your dialogue doesn't sparkle like it used to. Oh god, Secret Invasion was just so fucking boring. I'm like, no one talks like this. Secret no one talks like this. <laughs> Secret Invasion, I had very little problem with. It was Avengers versus X-Men that pissed me right the fuck off. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, yes, Cyclops, the known leader, is going to trust Magneto because, you know, he's trustworthy. <laughs> I had 
I had so many problems with Avengers versus X-Men. Number one being way too fucking long. I couldn't believe how they structured it. Phoenix Force comes to Earth. Uh, they break up the Phoenix Force. I don't mind that. You know, that's perfectly fine. But when you drag it out for five, six more issues that now the X-Men each contain a piece of the Phoenix Force, that needs to be its own fucking separate storyline in the X-Men comics. Okay? That needs to happen separate outside your little miniseries. Because guess what? It didn't impact the series you were trying to write. <laughs> oh, God. So, and, you wonder, and you wonder why I'm a DC fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with DC, too. I mean, there's some good DC titles out there. I, I'm mostly split between Marvel and DC because a lot of my favorite writers, like Grant Morrison, work for DC. But I still like a lot of the characters I find over at Marvel, too. But, you know, I do give Bendis credit. His One of the X-Men titles he's writing, where it's uh, Cyclops, is, you know, the, the revolutionary and he has Magneto, and he has Emma Frost, and he has the Cuckoo Twins, or triplets, and they're trying to help new mutants that are emerging in the world. That is actually a better title. That It's very much like, you know, smaller cast of characters. It's Bendis what he does best. It's like, you know, what would happen if you had all these new mutants trained up and working with the older mutants? It, it works better, because there's a foil now where the mutants have their powers broken from the events of Avengers vs. X-Men, their powers don't work too right, so there's character drama. It reads awesome. It's great fun. But when you give him an epic to write, it does not fucking work. The dude just gets all over the fucking map. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking reading, you know, Infinite Crisis 3 by Grant Morrison again. I don't understand a fucking thing that's going on here. <laughs> oh, well, Infinite... infinite uh... Crisis was a piece of crap. Any, the only good Crisis book you should read is Identity Crisis, and that's it. Marv Wolfman wrote a really good Infinite Crisis, although he did have problems. That one, I read. I read Crisis on Infinite Earths, and believe you me, I read fucking the, the long ass trade that they did, and I read every single fucking word, and I'm like, yeah, Mar I'm convinced Marv Wolfman is not that good of a writer. I'm sorry. It's still no. It's still great. It has lots of great setups. I especially enjoy Midget Planet that got destroyed in the parallel universe. That was awesome. Uh, you know, the Jeff Johns one, the year uh, that he wrote 20 years later, which had the uh, Superboy Pride oh, character. Oh, fuck off. You did not like that. I read that, and that, that pissed me right the fuck off, because Alexander Luther in the original Crisis on Infinite Earths wasn't evil. No, he, he wasn't. wasn't. And I'm like... But that's fine. I mean, characters make the switch all the time, and if you're going to make the switch, make it a damn good switch. And he did. Like, he used that character to his full oh, potential. No, 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 fuck off. That was awful. That was fucking awful. Nope, that was awesome. Infinite Crisis by Grant Morrison. That was truly awful. No, he wrote Final Crisis, didn't he? Or Final yeah, Crisis. Final. Yeah, Final Crisis. Yeah. And the reason it was so awful is because Countdown happened, and if you don't know what uh, Countdown was, Countdown was the series that was supposed to lead up to the events of uh, Final Crisis, but there was so much turmoil between the editors and the writers, and uh, the, the final product turned out to be so fucking bad that Grant Morrison himself disowned it and said, you know what, the fi Final Crisis has nothing to do with Countdown. You don't need that to understand what goes on to read, you know, Final Crisis. Yeah, it was just Final Crisis was a, wasn't that good. I'll say, yeah, I'll agree with you. None of the Crisis books are, except Identity Crisis. And if you haven't read that, read it. It's really fucking a good murder mystery. Well, I gotta disagree. I do like the Marv Wolfman penned original, and I do like the Jeff Johns one. I do like those. I I'm a huge fan of Grant Morrison, but I cannot defend his his take on Crisis. It literally was so confusing. People said in the like in the online review forums that I I frequented back in the day, I felt like I turned over two pages at once. I did not understand a fucking thing going on. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like any of the Crisis books. I only like uh, I only like uh, Identity Crisis, and that's it. I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> Well, this is what happens, you know, when you question your life and you're like, yeah. <laughs>
this is this is why we need show notes. This is why we need fucking show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've bored the audience enough. Do you want to talk about something else not comic book related? Fuck, I <laughs> don't put me on the pedestal. I don't know anything about it other than comics or or um or um stuff like. Oh yeah, you want to talk about the new Teen Titans cartoon? Because I got a lot to say about that. Go ahead. I'm gonna use the bathroom. I'll be right back. Oh boy, Teen Titans go! Look, I love the original Teen Titans. Yes, it wasn't great or anything. Like it was, you know, some of the episodes were really goofy and stuff. But at the end of the day, I like it. I mean, original Teen Titans cartoon. It had a lot of good character development. A lot of great characters. Yeah, sure, some of the humor was really dumb, but you know what? I liked it. You know, it knew when to be serious and knew when to be goofy. So, when I saw Teen Titans Go, I'm like, you're seriously bringing this show back as a comedy. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm fair, you know, I'll give it a chance. But then when I watched it, I'm like, holy fucking shit, this is bad. This is atrocious. This it really got me pissed off because like never in my life have I seen something this fucking bad. I mean, they replaced Young Justice with this. So just like keep that in mind. Young Justice, one of the better written one of the best written uh cartoons out there, if in my opinion, got replaced by this. And it's just fucking insulting. You know, you have Starfire saying bullshit like, haters gonna hate, you know, LOL, and Raven watching My Little Pony cartoon, because that's funny, right? Ugh. Just, I don't like this show. This show is... It's it's a betrayal. It really is, because like I love the Teen Titans. You know, I love the cartoon. You know, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I loved... I enjoyed watching it as a kid, because I could relate to the characters, because, you know, I, I too was a teenager at the time, and I was going through the same stuff, you know, the characters were going through at the time, and I could relate to them, but now watching in, watching this, I'm like, wow, you completely missed the point of what made the original show so good, and you just, you know, put all this good character development and all these good characters through a meat grinder, and just turned it into shit. And, wow, <laughs> you know, this really fucking pissed me off, really fucking pissed me off at how insulting it is, how brain-dead it is, and just how, ugh, how frustrating it is, because I don't think I've ever been angry at any any type of media before like this, because, like, where I got so mad, I just said, I called it a betrayal, because... I grew up loving the original Teen Titans show. I grew up loving these characters. And just seeing it, put, you know, turned into fucking this, you know, it's hard to, 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 to defend it. It's hard to say, oh, no, it's not that bad, because it's fucking terrible. It is beyond terrible. It's, the jokes are awful. The animation is atrocious. You know, the writing isn't very good. It's just, And... Oh... Just, wow. And it and it and it's one of those things where... I hate it when kids' shows dumb it down for the audience. Because, like, yeah, kids can't handle uh, complex characters and, and stories and all that stuff. It has to talk down to them. And I hate that. I really do. And I hate the argument of... Well, you're not the target demographic. I think that's bullshit. When you say, you, well, you're not the target demographic, so of course you're not going to enjoy it. Because I will bring up Pixar every time someone says that. You know, Pixar, they make children's movies. But with Pixar, adults can actually watch them and enjoy them as well because they're so well written, so well animated, and it doesn't talk down to kids. But this, this is the type of programming I fucking despise where they talk down to kids they fill it they fill up most of the dialogue with poop and fart jokes because that's what kids like right and it's just fucking insulting to to anybody's intel to everybody's intelligence like i refuse to believe that anybody working on this 
uh, actually enjoyed working on this as opposed to, you know, instead of just a quick buck, which is what, what it is. You know, it's just one huge, quick cash-in. And it's just heartbreaking, especially when uh, hearing that the original voice cast returned to do this, I, I'm mad at them as well, because, like, yeah, I know you. they don't care, you know, it's like, yeah, they'll be like, yeah, fuck you, I got paid, but still, you know, still, at the very least, can you at least act like you give a shit about your fucking fan base, and not do this kind of bullshit? Yes, I know the economy is in the toilet. I know that if you're offered a, um, a job, you need to take it, but still, is this really worth it? Is this one of the things you want to put on your resume? Oh, Jesus Christ. I actually like the show. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I don't care uh, about... I don't. I actually I feel the exact opposite about you on the points you make. For the sole purpose is like, you know, at some point, these shows have all done the same thing. Like, I remember Scooby-Doo, as jokey as that was, and, you know campy for a 60s show, which is pretty bad when you look at it nowadays. They still went the child route and did a pup named Scooby-Doo. They still made a really kid-friendly show in the 80s. And I really like that show. And I don't feel any different about what they did now. They just tried something new. It's kind of like, you know, when Batman was on in the early 90s, and it was really dark and gritty. And when they decided to bring it back, they did it as something new yet again. They didn't bring back a, a teenage Robin. They brought back a kid Robin to make him more kid-appealing friendly. Uh, Batman wasn't so art noir-style decoed now. The show was more colorful. Um, the character design was much more simpler. Everything was flatter. It was just the change they did to make it more appealing. And you know what? It was fine. It was still the same show. It was still good. And it's... With the thing with Teen Titans is like I really don't mind that what they're doing because it's comedy based now, and it's like the episodes are only 15 minutes a piece. That's not bad. That's digestible. That's still perfectly fine. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, it's just you know, with a pup named Scooby Doo, there was it was a parody of the original show. It parodied the the tropes and actually gave the characters personalities for god's sakes they had a fucking character named red herring for god's sakes which was awesome because he's the come voice on. of robin i mean come on they had a guy named red herring and mm. i hate that idea i just hate the idea that we can't have intelligent programming for kids you know it's like, oh, Young Justice and Green Lantern too smart? Fuck that. Cancel that shit. You know, make Teen too. Titans. <laughs> make Teen Titans. Replace it with that because, you know, God forbid kids handle characters getting killed off. God forbid they handle the good guys being torn emotionally and, you know, growing up and growing apart. You know? God forbid. It's just... It's... Really insulting, and I hate this type of programming. I really do. It's like, even if it wasn't Teen Titans, if it was, you know, anything else, I would still hate it, because I hate this type of programming where they feel the need to dumb shit down for kids because, you know, they're fucking stupid. They don't understand anything, you know? I hate that. I fucking hate that. And I hate the argument of, well, you're not the target audience. Well, fuck you. Oh, no, that's target not my audience. Argument. My argument is, it's like, yeah, it's cute. And it's, you know, meant to be digestible, small chunks. I really don't care. I mean, it's still the same series. And it's not like the, as good as this show was, it wasn't like they're doing anything sacrilegious, according to everyone else but you. I mean, all they're doing is taking, like, that funny element they had in the original series. Like, you know, Starfire was also the comedy relief. Um, Beast Boy was, you know, good friends with Cyborg. And they were the jocks. They were the funny ones. Raven was the serious one, but you still got laughs out of her. And, you know, Robin had his moments, too. And as good as, you know, all the drama was, they still did a lot of comedy. And this time they're just focusing more on comedy. And it's like, fine, whatever. It's not anything different I haven't seen already. It's just the art style is different now. Oh, it's just bad. Still fucking bad, because, like, seeing them portrayed like dumbasses and just... God... So fucking stupid. 
It's <clears> not funny. I mean, it wouldn't be so bad if it was funny, but it isn't. It's not funny. They do a cutaway gag with Robin talking to Batman on the phone, talking about him crashing the Batmobile. That's not funny. That's fucking stupid. That's funny. You know? No, it isn't. Shut up. That's funny. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's real funny. No, it isn't. Shut up. Because he's like Stop 14. He's not supposed to drive the Batmobile. Illegal. God, no, it's not funny. It's just fucking stupid. You know what I would want to see them do in this Teen Titan style is the Gotham Sirens. <sighs> yeah, think about that. Good night, everybody. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I broke up Zula for another week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop liking the shit I hate, okay? Stop liking the shit I hate. I'm renaming the podcast Yin and Yang. You can't do a thing about it. (laughs) Fuck you. It's my show. You just show up and just... Yeah. (laughs) See you next week for Yin and Yang. (laughs) No. No, we're not calling it that. Shut up. Black and white. Salt and pepper. Metropolis and Gotham. Autobots and Decepticons. <laughs> God. I hate my life. <sighs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the whole show. And, uh... Yeah. I have to do... How many more episodes... Beats me. Do you have a contract I don't know about? (laughs) God, anyway, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, yeah, I still hate Xavier. Even after a month's hiatus. He really loves me. (laughs) Love and hate. (laughs) Uh, I'm done. I'm out of here. Peace. What up?